0: Tell the story of the home if you're selling it. If you're in for a listing presentation, I just always say like, what is it about this home that makes it so valuable to you? Because if it's valuable to one person, it's probably going to be the selling feature for the next person. You're listening to In the House with Jenny Woon
1: and Tony Singh, your West Coast real estate agents. A personal and professional development podcast for the everyday working woman. Gain proven business building tools and actionable strategies to maximize profitability. Here's your host, Jenny and Tony. Good morning, In the House crew. How are you guys doing? I'm Jenny Woon. I'm Tony Singh. And I just wanted to uh, welcome you all back. It's been a fantastic summer, and we have Carly Hoffman from Engel Invokers, who had joined us in this very first session of the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a fantastic guest. I loved interviewing her. We know Carly
2: because we've all participated in the most recent framework retreats, mm-hmm. bringing entrepreneurial women together. And I love everything that she had said about her values and principles. and kind of her outlook with um, how she deals with clients and other members of the real estate profession. I think we resonate with that,
1: right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And just even her responses, super genuine, super authentic, wasn't any specific like magic. I think she was really, she was like being herself. She started her career about six years ago and got rookie of the year with Oakland Realty. Mm -hmm. Her career started in North Shore Mm -hmm. and because of her relationship, personal relationship, she decided to move up to Whistler, pick up and go and start her career over with the team at Engel Invokers. And so fantastic um, year after year performance by her being a top producer with um, the Greater Vancouver Real Estate Board, plus on top with her brokerage as well as being one of the top producers. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that for me, what really resonated how she responded to one of our questions is how she sets herself apart amongst the competition and fantastic response by her. And I'm not going to reveal what that answer is because I want you guys to listen in on the podcast. Exactly.
2: (laughs) What was the biggest thing you learned from her? I think it's the things that I also embody in my business, like be honest, Mm -hmm. be integrous and be transparent. It's pretty simple.
1: Take the high road.
2: Yeah, it's very simple. (laughs) It's, it's, That's what it is. And I think that if anyone in any industry builds their business that way, you really can't lose. There's going to be things that happen, of course. Mm -hmm. But I think it's about being proud of what you're doing at the end of the day and making it a good experience for everybody.
1: She gives some really good tips on how she's grown her following to close to 12,000 followers on social um, on social media, all the tools and uh, resources that she used to build her business, and how she's really b- become kind of the face of real estate in Whistler, working with lots of agents in the Lower Mainland to be kind of the, the it referral mm-hmm. of um, Whistler properties. And super interesting to know what's happening up in the market there as well. So yeah. with Without further ado, let's introduce Carly Hoffman to our show.
2: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to yeah. In the House podcast. I'm Tony Singh. Good morning. I'm Jenny Woon. We have a special guest who's one of our friends and a top producer today, Ms. Carly Hoffman. Carly, why don't you tell our audience a bit about yourself before we get into the nitty gritty?
0: Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, my name's Carly Hoffman. I kind of started my career out of Vancouver and now I primarily focus in the Sea to Sky area, mostly Squamish and Whistler. So yeah, I'm in those areas. Been in the business for about six years. And yeah, looking forward to talking to you guys today.
1: Carly, I didn't realize you were actually at one point with Oakland Realty. Was that when you were an agent in Vancouver? I was.
0: Yes. Arlene. She's the reason that mm-hmm. I had any success in this business. She's so wonderful. <laughs> Tell
1: us how you actually thought about the process of going, getting into real estate and what you did before.
0: Yeah. So um, I was actually in finance before. Um, I was in the investment world and loved it, but I was on a plane pretty much every two weeks, if that 10 days. I was super young. I was 24, 23 and I had been in the business five years already, you know, hands down taught me everything I know about business to date. And I look back on it, and it's single handedly, the biggest learning that I ever had in business was from that time in my life. But it just got to the point where I just felt like I was not living my own life. I was going on a plane or a train, I was in Europe. And, you know, while it all sounds glamorous, you know, you kind of get to a point where I you know, stopped in my own tracks and said, like, is this the future that I want for myself? You know, and you can't go to friends' weddings and you can't go to birthday parties. Mm-hmm. And it just it kind of changed my trajectory, trajectory of where I want to go in my life. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had a moment where I was like, I always had this interest in real estate. My family's always, you know, renovated, built, sold. And it's always just fascinated me. So I actually put my job in December and gave myself till March to get a real estate license. And, I've never looked back. It's been the best thing that I could have done. But yeah, it's kind of my my world. But it really translated really simply because, you know, basically before I was selling investments for an intangible product and now I actually, you know, have a tangible asset to sell. So it's a very similar business in that regard. And I was able to kind of move those skills over when I made the transition.
2: You're now a top producing agent at Angle Invoker's Whistler. What was it like transitioning out of the Vancouver real estate market into a new market entirely, Whistler Squamish? It was tough.
0: (laughs) It's not easy to start over again. Uh, That's how it kind of felt. Yeah. But you know, at the same time, I was so grateful for Open and the connections I had with other agents. It goes to prove that like, if you do good work with agents and have good relationships with agents, like, you know, it really does make a difference to your business. Mm -hmm. And I think you know, I didn't realize that when I was working in Vancouver, <laughs> although I did create some really good connections, those connections came through for me. You know, they sent their clients up to me at Whistler and that's really how I got my start. So, you know, it it all came down to like, I have to shout out to Oakland because, you know, all those agents are really what gave me my start Whistler. Once they knew I moved there, it was, you know, they started referring business and mm-hmm. yeah, it was just a really natural progression But I will say, too, like, honestly, working in my past job, you know, the clientele in Vancouver, a lot of them do own second homes in Whistler. And a lot of the clientele just in that time frame that I had moved to the Sea to Sky, a lot of people had started thinking about living in Squamish. And I kind of was there at the right time as well. So I will, you know, give a little bit of the success that I've had to luck as well Mm -hmm. and timing.
1: (laughs) So do you actually live in Squamish right now or, or in Whistler? I live in Whistler. I have a question about those yeah, those markets too. So
2: demographically, what's it like in terms of breakdown between Whistler and Squamish because you're right and you mentioned that a lot of Vancouverites potentially have vacation properties up there. So if you were looking at Whistler versus Squamish, what percentage would you say is mostly investors or vacationers in Whistler compared to Squamish or is it kind of an even mix?
0: Ooh, it's a very different clientele. I would say they they both have lots of investors, but majority of my clients that are buying in Squamish are moving to Squamish, Mm -hmm. you know, and there was an affordability aspect to it that maybe isn't there right now. But, you know, people were moving out of a townhome in Squamish or in North Van and were able to get into a house in Squamish. So people were weighing the commute. And then obviously with COVID lockdowns and everything, more people working from home, Squamish's, you know, lifestyle is, So appealing to so many you got you know the ocean and you know at at your fingertips but you also got the mountains and I think that just appealed to a lot of people especially through the pandemic and yeah so I'd say majority of my clients in Squamish are people living there I have had you know the odd pre-sale investor that's come in there and I have had a few clients that have bought for rental because there is a really big rental need there as well Mm. so if you are looking to invest Squamish is a wonderful place. Like there's lines up lineups out the door for rentals there. Mm -hmm. Lots of young people are trying to move there. Mm Whistler is entirely different. Our zoning there, you know, it's the Airbnb game in Whistler. We have the phase one zoning, which allows Airbnb and it's harder and harder to find that it's actually in the the title of our zoning. So you're not going to lose that ability. And the rental rates are so high because, you know, we get 3 million plus visitors a year to Whistler and it's not a very big town. So owning one of those phase one properties, you know, I'm getting a lot of people that that's what they're purchasing. And you know, it the Airbnb kind of offsets their costs mm-hmm. and then they use it when they want to use it. But when they're not using it, they can Airbnb it and make some money and cover their expenses. So it's kind of the best of both worlds for an investor up there. But you know, I do get the odd person moving up there full time. And again, the pandemic did definitely pull lots of people up that way as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Carly, you have a wonderful following on your Instagram and on your social media platforms. What are your top two strategies in like building that audience first and foremost? And then have you found success in converting those followers into actual deals?
0: Yeah, so I mean, it hasn't been easy. I did work with a company called Roots and Arter. Hannah and Sam, they're awesome. They definitely helped me kind of I'm a pretty big introvert, to be honest. Like, I'm not your person that's at every event and, you know, talking about real estate necessarily. So, I had to kind of build my brand and who I was in a different way. And so, I definitely used social media six years ago to emphasize what my values were and what I wanted to bring to the real estate market. And they really helped me do that. But, you know, I owe it to them for helping me build that following. But a lot of it's just engagement and it takes time. You know, I know that a a big part of my following came because I think the real estate board or somebody used my Instagram as an example (laughs) in one of their courses of things you could do. And I just kept getting (laughs) followers.
2: Sorry, It's free advertisement. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, so I mean, as flattering as it was, I was just getting like inundated with, you know, agents and stuff, then reaching out about like, oh, I love your Instagram and this and that. So I will say that help following as well.
1: Is that actually converted into more referrals for you for those agents who don't work in Whistler? Yeah,
0: I would say I probably get 10 deals a year through Instagram. Good. Oh, Awesome. Yeah, like it's, you know, either it be an agent or, you know, I, I actually just listed and purchased a home for a wonderful woman who lives in Seattle and we would have never met otherwise. And she basically started following me because she, we had similar interests in a design shop. <laughs> and she kept seeing the aesthetic of you know my personal home and stuff and she just she was like I'm gonna enjoy working with you so <laughs> yeah she's from Seattle and it was you know one of those situations we just literally met over Instagram she came to Whistler one day we had coffee and you know I ended up listing her house and purchasing a house for her so
1: I love stories it does like happen
0: that. Yeah. and um
1: yeah sounds like you've kind of covered really all aspects you have the financial background so you're really comfortable maybe talking about numbers and about a safety net about building up wealth of portfolio then you have a background a family background in your roots of renovations mm. and you're talking about interior design in a lot of your posts and organically and and um, you've been able to to build this subscriber list and following so um I feel like you know I would say there's a great balance between a lot of um, just your experience and exposure through all of this.
2: Mm -hmm. So when you're working on your personal real estate sales, are you working as team lead or who's a part of your team? Is it just you doing everything or do you have an assistant or agent that helps you?
0: It's just me. It's a lot of work. I recommend that, especially Mm -hmm. after last year, (laughs) you know, doing 60 plus deals on your own its a ton. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, there was moments last year where I was, you know, like, I desperately need an assistant. But you know, what I started doing is just like, there is very capable other agents in my office. And when I needed help, I just reached out. And it's, I just, you know, accepted the fact that it's okay to, you know, give part of a deal away, because you need the, the assistant just to make sure your clients are happy. Would I do it that way? Again, probably not. It's just, I wasn't prepared for the pace of the market and how quickly my business grew as well. And for the most part, I can't handle it. Like, it's, you know, especially working in a town like Whistler, it's a little bit smaller. It's not mm-hmm. like I'm sitting in traffic or having to run a lot. I can do three buyers tours in a day and I can be, you know, in five different houses in a day and it's, you know, our, from one end to the town to the other is 15, 20 minutes. So it's not like it's, you know, as taxing. So I have that benefit in Whistler but just for your sanity level. Like if you're, I think if you're doing over like 30 deals a year, consider getting even a part-time or, someone to help with your emails and whatnot, because it is a lot to stay on top of. Mm-hmm. I managed it no problem. And, you know, a part of it is just, you know, when you, you built a business that you're so passionate about, it's hard to let go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, You know, you want every client to have who they've hired and to have that really good experience. But, you know, there was definitely moments like I won't you know, lie. I like to respond to people very quickly. And there was moments where I couldn't, I just couldn't keep up with the pace. But that was also a product of the market we were in the last year.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All good points. You've been in the industry, you said, for six years. You've seen quite a lot of success in those six years, an amazing amount of growth. So congratulations to you. If you were to say what three habits, um, in your opinion, an agent should have or should exercise to dominate a marketplace um, and gain a competitive edge, what three habits do you think those would be?
0: Good question. Respect. People, clients, always take the high road. Things fall apart. You're going to fail. People change their mind. I think that's like the biggest thing is just like respect your agents, respect clients, and just understand that like, you know, putting deals together and having... Clients make the biggest decision of their life. It's good man. Isn't an easy process. Mm-hmm. And, and we're, yeah, we're supposed to be there to listen and to support them through that. So, you know, just always take the high road. Sometimes this business can be frustrating, but that's one habit. It's just like, always respect your people around you and, you know, the business will come to you. Another habit, make time for yourself, you know, every morning, do what you need to do to keep yourself sane, especially in a busy market. You know, there is ebbs and flows in this business and you will get time. But when it's busy, you just got to also like take a step back because without that clarity, you can get bogged down. So, you know, it's definitely not an easy business. It's not what it appears from the outside necessarily. And Mm -hmm. you guys will know that, (laughs) you know, there is definitely harder challenges than most can see and most than my Instagram says. But, you know, you get through those days with each other. And again, that comes back to respecting your colleagues and whatnot, because you do need each other at times. Other mm-hmm. habits. I am, like, extremely diligent about response times. <laughs> that's one, one habit that I've always had to a point that, like, I'm on my phone all the time and it drives some of my friends and family insane. <laughs> but, you know, just you got to be available. I don't know if that's really a habit, but it's just, like, Responsive. it's definitely the difference definitely different difference between you know an agent that succeeds and one that doesn't like you definitely have to be responsive
1: you talked about you you being an introvert and you made it sound like <laughs> it wasn't a good personality or or something that's good to have do you find that like it's a myth or it's necessary to be an extrovert in this business
0: no you don't need to be um you know there's clients that are attracted to all different types of agents, Mm -hmm. you know, but when you, the stereotypical salesperson is supposed to be this, you know, outgoing at the events, doing everything, but you know, there's other ways as well. And, you know, I'm definitely not the first person to be at an event to tell everyone I'm a realtor. You know, people have learned that I'm a realtor in other ways, but, you know, I always say just like being humble and, you know, you don't like it, you know, hard work really at the end of the day is what, gets the success and it doesn't matter if you're an introvert and extrovert because there's clients that are attracted to all different types of personalities and mm-hmm. they're going to choose who they feel more most comfortable with at the end of the day so mm-hmm. you know if you're out there and you think you aren't the sales type I was that person mm-hmm. but you also just kind of learn to go with the ropes and you'll learn that it's not necessary to be an extrovert necessarily in order to be a successful realtor. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Did you, um, you obviously mentioned that you get 10 or so leads a year based on referrals because you specialize in Whistler. What other lead gen systems do you have as well? Like how much do you spend any money on advertising online or bus shelters in Whistler? Um, postcards, flyers? Do you still, do you do any door knocking in the area? Um, yeah. What are your, what are your different types that you're currently using? Maybe like even mention what you did at the very beginning of your business. And then now that you're six years in, how has that changed?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the beginning I did it all. Like I just threw mud at a wall until it stuck and trust me, it cost me a ton of money. And, but you, you know, I just risked it all. I was just like, I'm going for it. I'm going for this business. I got to do it all. Um, And I kind of just like learned from that as to what was working, what wasn't. Um, But what I found is the best solution is like wherever you live, like build that community where you live too. Like I felt like those were the warmest leads, in my opinion, in terms of like that type of marketing, like, you know, door knocking in Vancouver, it kind of worked, but Whistler doesn't because a lot of the homes are not occupied. So it's not something you can really do there. Flyers, I definitely did. I did mail outs. Those definitely work. You get calls. But at the end of the day, the you know, the best leads you're gonna get is just by building the community that you live around. So, you know, I definitely had that success in what you know, West Van. When I lived in West Van, a lot of my clients came as a result of where I lived. And then when I moved, it's been the same. It's just about building the community that you live in and you know, you don't need to be pushy or, or anything. But even if it's just updating everyone with a flyer as to what you have for sale in the neighborhood or, you know, people just, and then, you know, it's a talking point the next time you see them. So, you know, they're like, oh, I got your flyer and did that house sell? And it just ends up, you end up talking about it really naturally. So I would say that's kind of been my best result in terms of gaining warm leads. And then online, um, I do the odd publication here and there if I feel like I align with it. But for the most part, you know, I do stuff, you know, like podcasts and whatnot, <laughs> like that kind of stuff helps. But um, I think at the end of the day, it's just building those warm connections and it's being face-to-face with people. It's the best way to build trust and for them to learn who you are as well. Mm.
2: So it sounds like you've built up quite the community up in Whistler and Squamish. Mm -hmm. What percentage of your business would you say are past clients and or referrals?
0: I will say, well, you know what? I started probably with like 10... When I moved to Whistler, I probably had like 10 really good clients in the first year. Mm-hmm. Um, and because those 10 clients came from Vancouver they and they all had you know great experiences, my referrals came from clients referring me to their friends and their family. And it's funny how things work. Like one friend gets placed in Whistler and then the next one wants one as well. And it's just kind of snowballed from there. And I will say that's like really how my business has grown is just like. Providing a good experience and then having them rave about it to their friends and family. And then it snowballs and it's the ripple effect. So, you know, you just got to treat people. Again, it comes back to respect and treating people right. Like, you know, even sometimes the deals didn't work out for clients. Sure. You take that high road and, you know, you you you, you still, still respect them for it. Like, you don't get angry that it didn't work out. And they actually end up bringing you business yeah. in the end, even if they didn't buy. Or, you know, like, it just... If you respect people and be honest with them and always take the higher road and do the right thing, like you're going to have business come your way. Just it's a natural result. You won't need to spend the money on marketing and, Mm -hmm. you know, it sounds like all the extras extras. Yeah.
2: It sounds like you're saying respect, integrity and just great communication with clients. Right. Coming from a good place would be uh, necessary components (laughs) of maintaining loyalty.
0: Yes, correct. You
2: worded it much better than I did. <laughs> no, no, you you said it. I just wanted to reiterate it for the audience because these are important when building a, a yeah. successful real estate business, but not just about the sales, right? Something that is special and enjoyable for everybody involved.
0: Success doesn't come overnight. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have patience in this business. And I think that is honestly one thing I haven't talked on, but it's like, Patience is a huge aspect of this. You can give up really easily, but if you have patience, you will make it in this business.
1: You are, yeah, talking about patience. Uh, last couple of years have been a crazy market. And this year, we've seen a lot of buyers on the fence watching the uh, inflation rate go up. And so now the government is uh, really pushing um, interest rates a lot higher to to uh, mitigate the inflation rate even going further up. Mm-hmm. How is the Whistler market reacting to this uh, real estate? I don't I don't even want to say volatility, just difference. And, yeah. It's different over the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, we've definitely felt it the way, you know, other cities have, you know, it'll affect everybody in a variety of different ways. So we're definitely feeling it. Business is definitely slower, but I actually think it was a little bit necessary just for the, You know, it was unattainable. You couldn't keep going the way it was. Yeah. So it, something had to change. Yeah, it's definitely slower. But again, like, you know, good agents. And there's certain clients that use this time as opportunity. Exactly. And those clients, you know, in my opinion, are, you know, they're the risk takers, but they're also the ones that that win and get great houses. And there's, you know, an array. It's an amazing time to shop for buyers right now because, You know, Although interest rates and stuff are up, they're really not crazy high in the grand scheme of things, Mm -hmm. but prices have also come down. So, you know, everything's relative. You can listen to the media and, you know, take our opinions from there. But the ones that are really digging into what works for them and how their investments work, if you have a little bit of a longer term outlook, I think that right now is probably one of the best times for buyers to be looking around. There's choice, there's time, you can do the property diligence. Um, but again, it comes back to that herd mentality. People love to all jump in. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Doesn't make any um, sense. No, but it's it's also because we all have an encyclopedia <laughs> in our pocket and we just believe, you know, the media just tells us what to believe and you either <laughs> believe it or you don't. But um, if you can, you know, do your own research. Well, I was going to say, I
2: agree with you, Carly. I think that now is a great time for opportunity. So you could... If you buy into what the mass media is saying about housing market, they've always, that's always been their favorite thing, right? Oh, it's going to go down. It's going to go down. Well, it has adjusted in some cases, 20% or higher. Will we see more of an adjustment possibly? And that means that for people that are wanting to buy, there could be great opportunities. So everything is an opportunity in my book. Yeah. Depends on how you look at it. Yes. I wanted to say that when I was up in Whistler in the summertime, uh, visiting with family, I came by one of your listings on Treetop Lane. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so uh, <laughs> it was a very nice home. Um, and I'm curious, how did you make that kind of shift from high uh, top producing and and you know, more shifting into a luxury market, I would say, because that was mm-hmm. definitely a luxury home. I think your list price was right, right around 13 to 14 million.
0: Yeah. So again, that came from an agent in the city and it's having that relationship. And um, Selena Kai, she's a wonderful woman. And we, you know, we knew each other from the past. And again, it came directly from a, a referral through that. So it happens, but it's also the way you carry yourself and being able to, you know, have that trust and integrity with your clients. Again, like, you know, these, these clients, call and they want to have a conversation with you and you meet meet with them they might not pick you mm-hmm. but i think you just go in your, as yourself and who you are and in this instance this client really respected my confidence mm-hmm. in the market you know i i'm very passionate about where i live and work and he that for him that was i think what turned that possible listing into a listing mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's Not an easy thing to transition into, especially because there's a few agents in Whistler that really dominate the luxury market. But Mm -hmm. it takes time. You know, you never know who you're talking to and those connections lead to other connections. And it's just really organic at the end of the day. There was no like magic way to get luxury listings necessarily.
2: It's been really clear throughout this conversation that a lot of your success, no matter what type of clientele it is, is based on respect and the relationships that you have with colleagues, people in industry and those clients. Um, and fun fact, uh Selena Kai's actually been on our podcast. She's one of my best friends. So I'm glad she's <laughs> she's great. Wonderful.
1: <laughs> Super silly question yeah. though. So in Whistler because it's like such a casual recreational landscape, are you going in into this meeting like with a suit? like pants. Ooh, suits, that's a good question. Or are you going in as yourself super casual because it's like, that's just an mm-hmm. outdoor space and, and people expect you to be like casual?
0: I still dress for work like I would in the city. Other agents are like, you, you look like an agent from the city. I'm like, that's not very nice to <laughs> so stereotype me that way. Like, why can't I just wear what I want to wear? But um, yeah, I still dress for work. Every day, pretty much, if I'm seeing clients, you know, they will see me out in my sweatpants. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm not like that every day. If I don't have meetings, I will dress casual. But for the most part, I do. If I have meetings and I'm meeting with clients, I definitely still show up the way I would expect an agent to show up if I was listing my home. Mm-hmm. And it's so much of so much of that, is, again, is just like your professionalism matters. And, you know, that's one step is to have that professionalism. So it just helps. You know, build that trust and stuff as well. Absolutely. But it is a casual place. And you can get away with jeans and it's no problem. Everyone gets business.
1: (laughs) Someone who is um, learning into getting into investments and they want to purchase an Airbnb. As you know, it's selective buildings in Vancouver, or you may, may, may not know, selective buildings in Vancouver that allow Airbnb like you said, it's, it's super lucrative up in Whistler. Do most people hire like a super host or a mm. property management company to manage that? Or because maybe they're living in Vancouver, they're kind of managing it themselves. And how much does that cost? And, and can you kind of break it down for somebody who maybe wants to get into that market as an investor?
0: Yeah. So there's definitely management companies that majority of my Vancouver clients will use just because they have busy lives in Vancouver. And, you know, if somebody checks in at 11 at night, they don't want to be dealing with it. But many people do do it themselves as well. And, you know, there's times where they call on me panicking and I'll just run over and help with the situation if there is one. But, you know, for the most part, people are using management companies and they range, I would say, for a, you know, to get the proper service you need, it, you probably pay about 20%. But I'd say you probably get that 20% back with the services they provide because mm-hmm. that's all they do is just look after your property and the properties they have. And that helps you get to superhost level way quicker, just helps the whole situation. So, you know, and they also have other properties typically on their portfolios. So they, you know, if one unit's not available, they'll move those clients into your unit and, and such like that. So I would say it's anywhere from 20 to... You know, they do go up to 40% in some cases, um, but it just depends on the the property as well and what's required of that, ma- you know, agent to, or the property manager to kind of service the home. Some, ho- some of the homes are, you know, 10,000 square foot, 6,000 square foot homes, mm-hmm. and they require a little more attention. So, um, and they rent to different clientele. So it just depends what kind of service you need from your management company. But it does vary. But yeah, I would say the average is 20 to 25 percent. Mm-hmm. And it is beneficial definitely to hire a company because they also look after the maintenance of your property and whatnot as well.
2: I think it would be worth the value if you had the right people there for sure. It has to get cleaned all the yeah, time. to make sure you're guessing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, no, thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. investors, pay attention, get in touch with Carly if you're listening to this podcast today. <laughs> um, so Carly, we know that competition is fierce and in terms of, you know, other real estate agents who are also a lot of the times our friends, right? But competing for listings, that kind of thing.
1: And longer in the business too, more
2: than six Absolutely. Years. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. How do you set yourself apart from the rest of the competition? And what skill would you say it is that your clients rave about um, of yours?
0: Um, it's a secret. It's a secret. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, um, at the end of the day, like what I always you know, say to clients is like every agent is capable of bringing the same thing to the table. We all have access to the same, you know, tools, the same resources, the same marketing platforms. We all are capable of doing what our client wants and we all have access to all of those things. So you can go in and pitch the video and the photos Mm -hmm. and who you're using. And, you know, I'm consistent with those items, but those are just, you know, an automatic for me. But for me, it's like, I always say like every home has a story and it's captivating that story to be able to sell it properly. That's one thing I really focus on and I really dig in deep with the sellers as to like, what was the part of this home that you loved the most? And why is it so cherished by you? And why is it valued the way that you feel it is? Mm -hmm. And those are the questions that I dive deep in. And then at the end of the day, what I always say to clients, which, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, you can hire any realtor in this town, and you're going to You'll probably have excellent service because there's tons of great agents, mm-hmm. but you're also going to have access to everything that I have access to. But at the end of the day, it's who you feel most comfortable with because it's a super intimate experience. percent. You know, we share a lot of details with each other that are personal yeah. mm-hmm. and you have to trust the agent. And, you know, I have to be able to be able to share and speak openly with them. Good feedback, bad feedback. And, you know, there is times where I'm like, this person isn't going we're not gonna work well together. Like I've had to walk away from mm-hmm. from situations because it does. It has to be a two way relationship that makes sense because it is a really it's an emotional experience. It's an intimate experience. There's you know a lot of personal information shared and there has to be trust at the end of the day. And any of that is lost on either side, it's it's not going to be a smooth transaction. Um and a smooth experience for either. And there's just, you know, I, I want the best for a selling experience or a buying experience, like every person deserves to have a good experience. Um, they are purchasing or selling one of their most treasured, you know, biggest assets. And so, yeah, I think my biggest thing that I always say to clients is like, you know, do, you can interview other people and, you know, and a lot of times they'll be like, no, we've already decided, but it's just... <laughs> you know, choose who you feel most comfortable with if clients are listening to this or buyers or sellers, Mm -hmm. like just choose who you feel most comfortable with at the end of the day and who you trust because, you know, we all are capable. We can all wow you with a pamphlet of everything we can offer, but all those things can be offered by most agents. So it's just, we have access to everything. Speak up if there's specific things that, you know, you want, but yeah, there's, I love that response. It's about telling the story (laughs) of, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's good. Yeah. Tell the, tell the story of the home if you're selling it. If you're in for a listing presentation, I just always say like, what is it about this home that makes it so valuable to you? Because if it's valuable to one person, it's probably going to be the selling feature for the next person.
1: Actually, I actually don't think anybody has said this response, this answer, which is beautiful. Captivating yeah, a story. I love it. I love it. Um, rounding out. <laughs> you know you how you mentioned that in finance, you can make it to a lot of weddings and you missed best friends oh, birthdays yeah. and and you're doing more than 60 deals a year on your own uh with a little bit of help are you not finding the same I was um, curious about that well? too because what do you enjoy most about this business that um that is different
0: yeah i mean when i was working in the city for sure there's a lot of sacrifices and i made a huge sacrifice to move my life to whistler too um partially that was Due to my personal relationship with my man. But uh, I would just say, you know, I do schedule time, like, you know, real estate is one of those things that is on evenings and weekends. And it's, you know, when you're with friends, but sometimes I have to leave things for an hour and come back. And, mm-hmm. you know, most of my friends understand my business now and they get it like it's, you know, I will leave. If I have a wedding, I have a wedding and I'm going to the wedding and I will, you know, call another agent or, you know, most people are very understanding. I'm just honest with people. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and it's same with agents. Like if you have a showing that that is at a really on inopportune time. Like I always talk to the clients and say, like, I have a showing at this time, but I also have this. Can I send someone else? Mm-hmm. Can I you know, we we work around it. And I think you do have to you know, in the beginning I didn't. I just was like failing on everything, canceling. We don't prioritize work one hundred percent. But I've kind of like come into like realizing that most people are a little bit flexible. Mm-hmm. And that if it's a serious buyer or a serious seller, like they're totally understanding that life happens and you have to do things for yourself too in order to keep your sanity. So yeah, you just you just kind of figure it out. I have a mm-hmm. calendar that changes five times every <laughs> week, <laughs> but I just try to,
2: yeah. No, it's good. Trying it to out. balance. And Carly, we actually, we know yeah. you're away on in Hawaii, so we won't keep you. We're going to... Do oh. a fun little game <laughs> with you, if that's okay, just to okay. conclude yep. our episode with you. But before we go into the five rapid fire questions, we uh, need to know, because we forgot to ask this at the beginning, what is your spirit animal?
0: I have no clue. Um, no? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even it doesn't know. have to be perfect. No. You guys caught me. I might have to come back to
1: you on this <laughs> one. Okay, no, I'll then, come yeah, back. I'll we'll come back to it. I need to think
0: it. about it. <laughs> no problem.
1: <laughs> our next question is, who or what is your biggest inspiration?
0: Um, you know, I will say I work under, she owns our firm, but Maggie Thornhill. Mm. Um, she's the one that kind of had my back when I moved up to Whistler. Um, she's pretty much the only agent I knew when I moved there. And I happened to work at her firm she's just, you know, she's built her business from the ground up and it's been a huge success and she's a Whistler agent as well.
2: Maggie's also going to be at the Frameworks Retreat that we're all going to be at as well, correct? I think I saw her name on there. Awesome. Yeah,
0: her and her team like, her team which is her son and Alicia they're just like, they're powerhouses. They're Uh awesome. Next question. What
2: is your favorite book or podcast?
0: Ooh, what was my, I actually listened to the Get the name of it. One second. I think it's called. Got me now. I just was <laughs> watching it. It's about startups oh. and how all these different people have started up their businesses. And I listen to it all the time now.
2: It's okay. You can Although, let us know later. We'll put it. <laughs> I'll let
0: us, I'll let you know. But I will. I definitely let people know because it's a good one. But it's all about like different, like very successful successful entrepreneurs and and their stories because the stories are insane. Like it's just it's really really inspiring.
1: If you're not selling real estate or in finance, what other career do you see yourself in? Interior design, Mm. hands down. (laughs) Yeah, that
2: would be nice. Okay, this is a Whistler question. In your opinion, which do you prefer? Blueberry Hill or ski-in, ski-out in the village?
0: To live full-time, Blueberry Hill. Bias, because I just bought my new house near there. Okay. um and but if you're a part-timer then definitely ski and ski out great answer Which,
1: okay i don't even know what ski and ski out means
0: carly <laughs> you can ski in or out of your house without having to get in a car pretty amazing you're right? the ski if
1: you're a skier but
2: well, you still have to take off your skis before yeah. you do. it doesn't matter it's like right there <laughs> but but what if there's no snow you literally on just on- walk out your door yeah, it's right there there is. Okay.
1: Convenient. Got it. Got it. I guess it's like my paddleboard and being next to yeah, on the, the water. Right? Okay. Yeah. Got it. Um, yeah. Same, Car- same situation. <laughs> you can tell I don't like the winter. Um, where can our
0: listeners find you, Carly? You can find me carlyhoffman.com is my website and I have live chat on there. Um, and then I go by Realtor Carl because my mm-hmm. name is spelled a bit funny. So it's realtor carl all one word on instagram and i'm very active on that mm-hmm. um you can always call and email me as well which all that information is on both those platforms
1: mm-hmm. awesome awesome well thank you so much carly for coming on our show i know you took your some time uh to come out of your hotel room to mm-hmm. join us on the podcast so we appreciate of no it's all good disrupting <laughs> your uh, vacation there <laughs>
2: well you we have an amazing time all away right. you deserve it when are you back thank you you're welcome on Sunday. Okay, well you better enjoy this time. You have got a few more days.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think we're going to Yeah, see... and I'll see you at the frameworks retreat. October 5th. Right? Yes.
2: Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll see you October 5th. Can't wait. Yeah.
0: Looking forward to it. Awesome. Thanks, for Carly. Things, Carly.
1: Thanks everyone for listening. If you liked what you heard today, you can support our podcast by following us on Instagram at in the house podcast leaving us Apple and Spotify podcast ratings and reviews, preferably five stars for us. Thank you. And following us on Amazon Music and subscribing to our YouTube channel. We'll see you next week.
2: We hope this has been helpful. Our intention is to unite the industry's most powerful, top-performing women, empower women with aspiring stories, and provide you with tools and actionable strategies so you can apply it to your personal and professional life. Let us know your thoughts. Give us some feedback. We want to connect with you and hear about your journey. It's been a pleasure to have this conversation with you. Until next time.